How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Welcome to church today. It's Sunday. Everybody say it's Sunday. They said, let us rejoice when we go into the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I look forward to Sundays. Uh, not because I get to preach, but because I get to worship with this amazing team. Would you make some noise for the worship team today? And even more than that, I love getting to come and, and worship with you guys, meeting new people. If you're a guest with us today, my name's Josh Roberts. I'm the lead pastor here at IFC. On behalf of my wife and our staff and our elders, I'll repeat what Pastor Mo said. We say welcome home. We want you to make yourself comfortable. Our ushers are here to serve you. Anybody in a blue shirt can answer questions for you. Our prayer is that you would find a home right here at IFC. Amen. I want to um, talk just for a few minutes about the season we've been in. Give me one second to open my notes. Sometimes this iPad. Anybody have iPad problems? The last few... Uh, the last few years, we've been going through some crazy stuff, right? Nobody? Just me? I feel, like, I feel like the last few years have not only been super slow, but they've also been super fast. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic when they were saying we're going to flatten the curve? Just two weeks? Y'all remember that? Were y'all laughing then or y'all laughing now? Because it, it, it seems like that's what's been said. And then two more weeks and two more weeks, and all of a sudden we've kind of adopted a new lifestyle. A lot of us have shifted the way we live. We got three little kids. Our, our house has been disrupted in the way that they went to school. Um, I was thinking about just all the changes we've made in our personal life and then even as a church. Remember when we didn't have church? Remember when y'all were watching me from my basement? <laughs> and Pastor Jonathan from his house, we were, we were doing all this Zoom stuff and all of our meetings. I mean, we've literally been... Um, changed some for the better but a lot for the worse and and I'm a reader I like to read if you if you know anything about me I, I love books I have a, a a pretty good sized library I like to take in lots of information and I like to I like to learn and I and I do that because I, I want to grow personally everybody say I want to grow turn to your neighbor and say how about you I, I want you to grow too and so over the last few months I've been looking for some books and resources and things just to help me process this season that I feel like we're coming out of. And, and, I, and I, I, one of the ways I do that is I read, and uh, there's a great author, his name is John Eldridge. I don't know if you've ever heard of John Eldridge. He's out of Colorado. He wrote one of my favorite books, Wild at Heart, and he wrote a new book in June called Resilient. Everybody's always asking me, what are you reading, Pastor? Right now, I am reading Resilient, and along with our staff this month, we are taking a deep dive into this book, and the, the subtitle says this, Restoring Your Weary Soul in These Turbulent Times. Anybody's soul's been a little weary? Uh, maybe second service will be honest. I, I feel like, man, my soul has been a little bit weary over the last couple of years, and, and, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a driver, I'm a perseverance guy, I can push through just about anything, but even though you may have perseverance and tenacity, it doesn't mean that your soul hasn't been affected. And all the tough guys said, amen. Our souls sometimes are affected, so I want to I read you a little bit out of this, I want to preach today a little bit about what God's been speaking to me out of this book, if that's okay with you guys. He said, camels have an Achilles heel, but their vulnerability is hidden by their legendary resilience. These famous ships of the desert have been crossing dune seas before the time of Abraham. 
the stamina and strength of camels is it's truly impressive. They could carry heavy loads across leagues of burning desert sand, going without water for weeks while their human companions die of thirst. But the treacherous thing about camels is that they will, they will walk a thousand miles with seemingly endless endurance, giving you little indication that they're about to collapse. And then it happens. All of a sudden, they turn traitorous. They walk thousands of paces and never seem to tire. Then suddenly they kneel and die. But horses, bit by bit, you always know how much you can ask of them, and that is when they are about to die, you'll know it. Human souls also have an Achilles heel. We have this astonishing capacity to rally in the face of calamity and duress. We rally and we rally, and then one day we discover that there's nothing left. Our soul simply says, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then we collapse into discouragement, depression, or just blankness of an empty soul. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you as I share it. I pray that it waters these hearts. I pray that your word is a wellspring of life today, rejuvenating our souls and our spirits. Lord, I thank you for giving me boldness to declare your word as you placed it in my heart. And Lord, I, help, I ask you just, Holy Spirit, to help me share with them what you've been sharing with me for, for my soul care and for my spiritual well-being. Lord, I pray today that as individuals we would turn back to the never-ending fountain of life that we have in Jesus Christ. I pray for all those that are weary today that they would be encouraged, that they would be strengthened, that they would be motivated to press on and to continue in the perfect plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Remember the beginning of the pandemic when we were stocking stuff up? Like we were becoming hoarders. Like if you weren't a hoarder before COVID, like two weeks in, man, you are like the, the toilet paper king. You remember that? Like, I mean, I think this is probably going to go down in some, some log in the history books that we're going to read about the great toilet paper shortage of 2020. And Americans went ballistic. I remember being at the grocery store and they had the one-way aisles. Y'all remember that? I mean, come on, how crazy is this? We had one-way aisles. I'm trying to get cereal that's on the other end. But I start to go down the aisle in this crazy lady looking at me like, you better not be coming down this aisle. This is one way, can't you read? And I'm like, lady, I just need the da-da-da. And I'd go all the way around, you know, and you do the U-turn. Like, okay, there's the cereal. That was horrible. I remember my wife calling and saying, hey, if there's any toilet paper, could, could you pick up some toilet paper at the grocery store? And you'd get there in the shelves. The struggle was real. Yo, like, I think I got some paper towels in the garage. And all the men are like, I got some shop towels. We're going to be good. We got washer and dryer. I mean, we were collecting stuff because we were scared it was going to run out. I was thinking about, uh, we lived in North Andover at the time. And, and the gas line for the gas station 
Like it was one of those little two-lane things. So the, the traffic was all the way down Mass Ave. Like you couldn't get to the gas station because people were afraid that the gas was going to run out. Being truthful, I was one of those guys. I took all the gas cans out of my shed and I loaded them up in my truck. And I'm thinking, man, if gas is going to run out, not here. Look at this. I got 40 gallons of gas. We're good for like three weeks. Y'all are laughing because you were doing the same thing. <laughs> Honey, do we have any gas cans? And then, and then we'd go to the stores and the food was gone off the shelves. This was crazy because it was a beef shortage and a chicken shortage for a time, right? Yeah. In the staff, we have this text thread through, a, 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 um, it's called Slack, and it's basically like a text messaging thread. And so anytime one of the staff would go to the grocery store, they would say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm at, the, I'm at the, um, the Woburn Market Basket. They got beef. Who needs beef? And there'd be people like, I'll take two pounds of ground beef, any steaks, any ribs. I mean, it was like Mo's at the store. He's loading up all this meat, and it looks like he's a hoarder of meat. <laughs> I remember being at the store, and I was going to get eggs, and so I had asked a few people, do you need eggs? We're going to get eggs. And I got to the store, and the lady at the counter said, sorry, sir, only two cartons per person. <laughs> Listen, we eat two cartons of eggs a week by ourselves, but I'm trying to get my friends some eggs. Like, we were in this shortage mode. Everybody say shortage mode. I got to this point where, I, and again, I'm just being totally transparent. Like, I was kind of freaking out for a few weeks. And so we went to BJ's, you know, like the big place. And we were, I was like, you know what we can live on? We can live on ramen noodles. If we got water in ramen noodles, so we were buying the cases. I still got them. They're in my garage. And we were buying cases and cases of water. Now, my kids up to that point, they've never had ramen noodles. And so they asked me, what are, what, what are we eating? And I said, well, they're ramen noodles. But I said, we'll call them apocalypse noodles. Because if the zombies hit and everything goes inward, we're going to be set. We got these noodles. Which is crazy because two years later, my little three-year-old, she's still saying, Daddy, can we have apocalypse noodles for dinner? Apocalypse noodles? She didn't even know what the apocalypse is. We were afraid that we were going to run out. We all became preppers preparing for the worst case scenario. There was a fear that, that things would run short. You know, in society, our lives are actually wired a little bit to help us make sure that nothing does run short. Like your car. When you get low, with a little ding, 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 and it says low fuel, right? And some of you got newer cars. It actually tells you how many miles you have till you're going to have to call AAA. Like 12 miles, and you're like, oh, we'll make it. I'll be good. And then it says two miles. And then your wife's looking at it and says, it says zero miles. You're like, oh, I think it's, it's all good. I've, I've run on this for a long time before. It hit, you know. Our smoke alarms in our house are the bane of my existence. Like, I hate smoke alarms because they always have this chirp. What's the chirp? It's to tell you you're about to run out of batteries. But you notice they never run off at the same time? Like it's three in the morning. I mean, you just got to sleep. The baby's been screaming and crying. And all of a sudden you hear that chirp and you're like, you got to be kidding me right now. That's the one on the third floor that I have to step up on the ladder to get down. Or better yet, you just get a baseball bat and you just start swinging at that thing, you know. Well, our lives are wired to tell us when things are going to run short. My motorcycles, I, I love motorcycles. There's a lot of them don't have a gas gauge. You just kind of wing it. You just kind of know, and then all of a sudden you're driving down 93, and you feel the thing going, 
And then I reach out and I'm like, oh, we run out of gas. I, I flip it to the little reserve and it's like, whoa. And I, and I know I've got 30 miles. My bike is wired to give me 30 miles of reserve. Our cell phones, they tell you how much juice you got left. Some of y'all start freaking out when it says 10% left. Because you know you don't have a charger with you and you know you want to talk all the way home. And then it says 5% and 1%. And then when your phone dies, it's almost like life has ended. <laughs> like you feel like you've just been cut off from society. Like you're driving down 93 going to Pastor Moe's house. It is GPS and all of a sudden it's like, your phone dies. You're like, I have no idea how to get to his house. I have no idea how to call him. I'm just going to turn around and go home. Our lives are wired to tell us when we're running on empty or when we're running low. But do we have the ability to set alarms or set warning signs for our spirits? How do you know when your soul is on empty? How do you know when you're about to shipwreck your soul? How do you know when... Your spirit man is about to give up. John Eldridge in this book, he says, one of the most remarkable things about human beings is how resilient they can be. Yet one of the most surprising things about humans is how all that resilience can evaporate in a moment. For you and I, we've survived the pandemic. Yes, we're still dealing with hiccups here and there, but we've survived. We're, we're still here. Our, our families are still intact. God is still moving in our lives. But the question is, are you still running on reserve in your spirit and your soul from the fill-up that you had two years ago? See, hard times require something more than willpower and perseverance. Truth is, is Jesus, he warns us and he, he practically commands us to ask for strength in Luke chapter 21. Look at this verse with me. It says, keep alert at all times. Everybody say, keep alert. Sometimes. Keep alert at all times and then pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. He's talking about the end times. He's talking about the times that me and you live in. I'll give you a little a freebie right here. We're living in the end times. Like, like we're living right before Christ is going to come back to the earth. If, if you're a believer in Christ, you know that he came and died and, and, and then he was risen from the dead. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father praying for us. But the Bible says, and we believe that he's coming back to rapture his bride away and take us away before the famine hits the land, before everything goes kaput. And he's saying here, you need to pray that you might be strong enough to make it through, that word strong enough is in the Greek, it's kata, I can't say it right, kata, kata skuo. And it means to be strong to another's detriment. That's powerful words. Pray that you have strength enough to prevail or prevail against, to be superior in strength. Everybody put your muscles up. Come on, let's see them. Everybody wanting to flex every once in a while. He's saying pray that you have the strength to overcome. I don't think he's talking about natural strength here. I think he's talking about the strength of your spirit and the strength of your soul. I'll give you a little recap because we've been talking about this for, for several months here at IFC that, that we believe that we are a three-part being. Everybody say three parts. We are a spirit. Say this with me. We are a spirit. 
we have a soul and we live in a body. We believe that you are first a spirit. You were created by the power of God. You are a spirit being that has, everybody say, I have a soul. What's your soul? Your soul is your mind, it's your will, and it's your emotions. This is where things get jacked up. We're a spirit that has a mind, has feelings, has emotions, has choices, and that all lives in this physical hunk of flesh that seems to gain weight every day that we're live longer. We are a spirit first. Say, I'm a spirit being. I have a soul, and I live in a body. But what I'm concerned about as your pastor and as your friend is most of the body of Christ is more worried about their physical body than they are their spirit or their soul. And the disciplines that we have to make sure that our bodies are taken care of can easily be transferred over to making sure that your soul is healthy, intact, and that your spirit is strong so that you can fulfill God's purpose right now on this earth. So today, I want to talk a little bit about maintaining a full spirit. Everybody say full spirit, full spirit. and a healthy soul. I believe the only way to prevail in times like these for you and I and anybody else is to rely on the power of God. Amen. It's what separates us from the world. Not that we're better. We just have an advantage. We found out that we can survive and actually thrive in critical times because we're not relying on our own power. We don't believe that we are self-made individuals. We understand it's by the grace and favor of God, grace and favor as to who we are and what we're doing in our life. And because of that grace and favor and the spirit of God in us, it gives us the ability to prevail. For many of us, we made it through the pandemic, but now we're running on reserves spiritually. For many of us, our souls are overwhelmed and we can't find peace, clarity, and direction. The last couple of weeks, I've been physically exhausted. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm tired and I'll go to the coffee machine. We got this beautiful thing that, that pumps out espresso. It's like a gift from God that sits on your counter. And in the morning, you put this little pot in there and you press it, and it makes the most beautiful sound. It percolates espresso, high-octane caffeine. And I put a couple of those in a cup and, and add a little sugar and, and a little bit of oat milk in there, and man, all of a sudden, like, whoo, we can do the day. We could start the day. And, and, and I realized that I was going through the day. I would come to the office. We'd have staff meeting. We'd pray. And then I'd go right out to the office because we have another one of those machines in our office. <laughs> Glory. And, and I would go out there and I'd have another coffee. And I, I'd go back into this back room. as our conference room back here. And I'd have meetings with the staff. And, and we'd have the conference room meetings. And then we'd go to lunch and eat these heavy lunches. And then you come back at 2 o'clock and I've got more meetings and I realize like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. I need that caffeine again. I told Amy, our assistant, I said, could you put some Red Bull in my refrigerator? Because around 2 o'clock, I, I need a pick-me-up. Like, I need some fuel, you know? And I find myself running on adrenaline because it's coffee and Red Bull and Coke and sweet tea. Sweet tea. 
We drink a lot of sweet tea in our house. We're from the South. There's always a gallon of sweet tea in the refrigerator. But what, what are we doing? We're pumping our bodies full of sugar and caffeine. It feels great while it's there, but when it's gone, it's a supernatural crash. And last week, I was going through one of these seasons where I just got a lot going on, and, and I realized, wait a second, I think maybe I'm dehydrated. I was tired. I was having dizzy spells. I was not being able to focus at work and just, just a lot of stuff going on. And so I went and Googled what does dehydration look like. I already knew I was dehydrated. I just need to prove it to myself. Headaches, delirium, confusion, tiredness, fatigue, dizziness, weakness, lightheadedness. I knew in that moment I'm just dehydrated. I'm not drinking enough water. And so last week I switched and I started drinking a ton of water before I'd have any coffee, and I'd drink water during our meetings, and I felt myself, all of a sudden, my life is re-energized. The strength was back simply because I was lacking, I was lacking water. I believe that the church of Christ today is spiritually dehydrated. We're thirsty for more of God than we're actually taking in. King David was there when you read Psalms chapter 13, verse 3. He was dehydrated when he prayed and said, Restore the sparkle of my eye. Like, Lord, I need my go-go juice back. I need my energy back. And, and the Lord said, You need to come to me, the author and the finisher of life. The children of Israel were the same place. They were spiritually dehydrated, wandering aimlessly through the desert building new altars and worshiping new gods, even though they had everything there with them. The children of Israel had everything they needed. Fire by day to, fire by night to lead them and a cloud by day to cover them. There was, there was water when they would strike the rock. There was manna that would come from heaven. And yet, even though the resources were around them, they still chose to do their own thing and they became spiritually dehydrated. Listen to what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 12. Je Jeremiah 2.12, he said, the heavens are shocked. It's a big thing for God to be taken off kilter there. He said, the heavens are shocked at such a thing and they shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord, for my people have done two evil things. Everybody say two. Number one, they've abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Number one, he said, you're dehydrated spiritually because you've abandoned me, the fountain of living water. For you and I, we have the opportunity to hydrate ourselves spiritually whenever we want. We just have to tap into the well of the Spirit that resides inside of us that was given to us through Jesus Christ. Psalms 36, 9 says, For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. I'm going to tell you this right now. You may be dry in your spirit, but there's a fountain of life that resides inside of us. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and, and you, you've, you've chosen Him, the Bible says that your spirit was recreated in Him, and now your identity is found in Him. What? The fountain of life. John 4, 13, Jesus said it himself to the woman at the well. In Samaria, she came and he said, all who drink of this water, this man-made well, they're going to be thirsty again. But whoever takes a drink of the water that I give shall never, everybody say never, never, 
No, never, will never, ever be thirsty anymore. But the water I give him shall be a spring of water welling up, flowing, bubbling, continuing within him unto, into, and for eternal life. This scripture ministered to me this week because I realized that just as my physical body needs water daily, that so does my spirit, and so does my soul. The great thing about our relationship with God the Father, it's on tap inside of us. I said it's on tap inside of you. That means you have access to the everlasting life, the river of the living God, every morning, every noon, and every night. And I want to challenge you, if you feel dry spiritually or if you feel dry in your soul and your your mind is clogged and your emotions are scattered and you find yourself dazed and confused and dizzy, it may be because there's not been a replenishing of your soul. The water I give him shall become a spring of water welling up, flowing and bubbling, continuing with him unto and into for eternal life. And then he goes on to say, for they have dug themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. A cistern is a man-made well, and for most cisterns, in that time, they actually sat on top of the ground. He was saying that they're leading, they need life. They need joy. They need peace. They need direction. They need wisdom. And yet they continue to wander at their own demise, at the work of their own hands. This is how we're flawed as humans. We think we can fix it ourselves. And for most of the people that have walked through the pandemic, they survived and persevered under their own power and they made it, but they're running on reserves now because they weren't built to carry that load or that level or that supply. And that supply for us only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ, the inner life. Paul says in in Ephesians, he says, when I think of all this, I I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, creator of everything in heaven and earth. In verse 16, he said, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Paul's saying, man, because you're dry and you're you're crusty and you're confused. He said, I pray that something on the inside rises up and bubbles up on the inside of you, giving you that joy and that peace and that destiny and that purpose for this moment it comes from and through your inner man. Ephesians 1, he prays another prayer out of the message. I like this. He said, that's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master, and your outpouring of love to the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks, but I'd do more than thank God. I would ask Him. I would ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally. Then your eyes would be focused and clear so you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. And then you will be able to grasp 
the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for us, his followers. Listen to this. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. What's in us? Endless energy, boundless strength. My prayer for you today as your pastor is that you wouldn't look to your own hands to meet your needs and to find your direction and to try to find your own peace, but that you would understand that inside of you there is a well of everlasting life, that in any moment, in any situation, in any circumstance that you can dip in and draw up and pull up this overwhelming, exceedingly abundantly, more than you can ask or think, kind of life. See, the strength we need to move forward, it's in us. The joy that we seek outside, is it's inside of us. The joy that we need, the peace that we seek, it's not going to come from external things, cisterns that man has built. It's already wired in us. For the Spirit of God is inside of us is a deep well with everything that we need to get focused, strengthened, and to move forward. Psalm 103, David said, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. I don't know where you are. Maybe you feel like I did it last week. Naturally, physically, I felt dehydrated. And it was a simple fix. Go put some water in your tank. Go put some water in your system, Josh. To stop drinking all the coffee and all the things that you like and go get something that actually fix your system. See, so many people are, are running the wrong road right now because we're doing things to fix internal things externally. We're running to Netflix to, to dive away from time and to get away from problems. And we drink too much because we're self-medicating the pain that's on the inside. And we're getting crazy advice from crazy people and taking crazy medications from who knows what reason. And the truth is, is it's just an external cistern that you're trying to dip in. And I'll tell you this, it will never work. The only thing that will fix you and focus you is the creator, the one that designed you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. The Jesus, the gift of life, the true wellspring of joy, of peace. Of this. So how do we do this? I'll give you a few things. These are just what I'm doing. I'm going back to the Word. Jesus and His Word are one. I'm opening the book again and again and again, not just out of habit. Like we read our Bibles daily. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to the Word because I want life, not to say I read my Bible today. I'm going to the Word to find out who He is and what He's done for me so I can be rehydrated spiritually. Not so I could check it off in an app so that everybody sees that I'm on my Bible reading plan that I didn't miss today. How do we do this? We get alone with Jesus in dry times. It's one of the reasons we created the worship nights or the, the encounter nights was these separate nights where you could just meet Jesus and have a time in His presence to be rehydrated spiritually. Number three, we, we have to dig deep into our spirit, man, and, and draw up the wisdom from the will of God inside of us. How do we do this? We continue to speak the word. Continue to speak the word. For many of you, you know I'm a, I'm a word guy. I'm a confession guy. 
Some would call me a name it and claim it guy. I prefer blab it and grab it guy. I believe that the words we speak create life. And that's not my theory. That's what the word says. He says, you have a choice, blessing and cursing. Whatever comes out of your mouth is either creating life or it's creating death. And so if we're going to have life back in our marriages, in our finances, in our relationships, in our homes, in our minds, in our souls, it's going to come from us watering those areas with the word of God, the true fountain of life. Listen, Jesus and his word are the same. So you need to get to know him, but then you need to talk like he talks. And in those situations where it feels dry and stale and broken and it feels like things are falling apart, man, you've got to open out your mouth and release the water of the word. I hope you catch this today. If your mind is unfocused and it's, it's cluttered, speak over your mind with the word. Water your mind with the word. If your physical body is ill, as Philip was talking about, remind yourself, remember, the word never changes. He never changes. And so as I say it, I'm watering my life. I'm rehydrating my cells, not just with physical water, but with the word of the Spirit. How do we do this? How do we stay hydrated spiritually? We quiet the other voices, and we tune into His voice. For some of us, we have like 20 spigots open. We got like 20 spigots open, and we think that water is coming out of all of them. It's junk out of this one, trash out of this one, filth out of this one. And we've got all this stuff pouring into our life, and we wonder why we're confused. I got to tell you, man, turn off all the spigots except for his. Turn off all the voices except for his. Live your life like this right now because everybody has an opinion and everybody has a hurt or pain or experience that they're speaking from. But here's the thing. I I say this all the time. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. I have the greatest voice inside of me. The voice of the Father inside of me speaking to me. Turn off the voices. The voices will dry you out. The voices will wear you out. The voices of others will confuse you and distract you. But when you put all that on hold, the Bible says the voice of the shepherd we will hear and the voice of the stranger we do not follow. The last one is how do we do this? We rest. I said we rest. For some of you, you just need to take a good break. Stop trying to produce learn to rest in him relax and pray and rest and pray and get quiet and then sing and then praise and rejoice in the face of adversity for so many of us we're living towards the next vacation or the next day off if I could just grind for the next three weeks I have the third Friday coming off I'll have the four day week and I'll just be able to crash and sleep that's not God's plan for your life The world looks forward to two weeks of vacation so they can get away from all their problems. But guess what? They only have two weeks and then they come back and that same junk is waiting in their house when they arrive home. God's plan for you is that you live life to the fullest every single day. I like vacation, but I'm not living for vacation. I'm renewed in my innermost being through His Word. And my soul is strengthened. And my spirit is strong. 
is it took time to, to rest. We'll be renewed in our strength when our thirst to know God becomes stronger than our thirst for anything else. One last scripture and I'll finish this. I think we should close out in worship and I would just ask that you be real with yourself if your soul is unhealthy, if your spirit is unhealthy, then you need to do what Jesus said. I need that power and that strength to carry on the one on the inside, strengthening you from inside. There's a story of David coming home from battle and he found out that their town and their village had been destroyed. The women and the children had been taken. And in this moment, he's fearful because he thinks that he's about to get stoned. I'm not talking about getting high. I'm talking about like he's getting ready to get crushed by rocks from these men whose families have been destroyed based on his leadership or lack of. And it says, David was greatly distressed for the people talked of stoning him because all the people were bitter in spirit, each over his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Would you stand to your feet with me? You have to know this, that nobody can do this for you. You strengthen yourself. You get dry enough, you'll go to the kitchen and get some water. You get hungry enough, you'll go to the kitchen and make a sandwich. But if you're sitting around waiting for somebody else to bring you water and cook you a steak, you may be waiting a long time. And the truth is, is we are responsible for our spirits and our souls as sons and daughters of God. It's our responsibility to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. And sometimes in the face of adversity, we encourage ourselves. How do you encourage yourself? You remind yourself. You remember who he was. You remember who he is. And out of your belly, out of that river of living water, you declare, I will live and not die. I am strong and not weak. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not below. I'm the lender, not the borrower. Greater is he that lives on the inside of me than anything or anybody that lives in the world. And guess what? In a moment's time, you'll find yourself saying, man, I, I feel better. My, 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 my spirit feels stronger. Yeah, why? You're watering yourself from the inside out. And I'm going to ask you right now with your hands raised and your eyes closed, man, if you need a touch from God, if you need the Spirit of God to rejuvenate you. It's inside of you. All you got to do is ask. If you need that living water to, to refresh your soul or your mind, your will or your emotions, right now in this moment, say, Lord, give me the strength. Lord, speak to me. Give me courage. Give me wisdom. Give me direction. Come on, right there out of your mouth. You do it for yourself. Lord, give me strength. Lord, renew my spirit. Return the sparkle to my eye. Holy Spirit, water me from the well inside. In Jesus' name.